0: Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, let's pray. Father, we love you. Jesus, we thank you for the Word of God. We thank you, God, that it just illuminates our path. It takes crooked things in our life, and it straightens it out. It encourages us. It gives us hope, and it gives us life, and it gives us joy. Lord, we ask that you just that the Holy Spirit would actually just speak it to us today, reveal it to us today, help us grow today. We love you. We worship you. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Give it up for the worship team this morning. Get real loud for them. Uh, so I said this um, in worship. I keep hearing this line. And it's a line that I do understand. Everybody keeps saying, we just live in these uncertain times. And and I get it. And I understand it. And I I feel it. But how many know that just because you feel something doesn't mean it's truth? Amen? I mean, every morning I feel like I don't want to get up, okay, in Jesus' name. All right? It's not always truth. And just because the world lives in uncertainty, that doesn't mean that us as Jesus followers have to. We don't have to. The word is 100% truth. It gives us hope. And it gives us hope that believing this, that no matter what happens in the world, we're gonna be all right. You're okay. We're just fine. We have Jesus. See, this is what the picture of the church should look like. As the world gets crazier, the church gets brighter. As the world gets crazier, the church gets happier. What are we happy about? Man, we're about to see Jesus. We're literally about to see Jesus. I'm happy. I have joy. I have peace. Not in circumstances, but in my relationship with Jesus. And I know that I can have certainty. Maybe not in this world, but I can have certainty in what? The word of God. I can have certainty that God wants the best for my life. He wants me. He wants you to what? Enjoy your life, no matter what season of it is. Amen. Uh, Jeremiah, okay. Jeremiah twenty-nine verse one. I know you all thought I was going to say eleven. You all were about to quote it for me. Okay, we'll we'll get to verse eleven, but verse one, verse one. Jeremiah wrote a letter from Jerusalem to the elders and the priests and the prophets and all the people who had been exiled to Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. I thought this was so interesting. God's people are exiles in a foreign land. Okay? This isn't the promised land. This isn't the land that God had for them. This isn't what God... Thought for them. This wasn't in the heart of the Lord. I want you to understand what's in the heart of God, what's in the heart of Jesus for you is for you to find a promised land. Amen? Do you want a promised land? I do. Okay. A land that is full of grace, full of peace, full of joy, full of hope. This wasn't that. And so I started digging. I was like, okay, what does this word Babylon mean? It means this, okay. Babylon stood for this a confused by mixing, confused by mixing. So God's people are in a land where they don't worship Jesus, they don't trust Jesus, they don't believe in Jesus. This is a anti-Jesus area, okay? And it's an area that is this confused mixing of stuff. And so, you know, I thought about this in like mixing stuff. And I know this is like little youth pastor-ish, but I was a youth pastor for 18 years, okay? So, and I still love youth, and I'm just so excited because I'm actually speaking at Wake Summer Youth Camp this summer. Because I love our students, and I'm excited to see them. But I was thinking about a mixture, you know? And, you know, I was thinking like, it's kind of like this. You know, it's kind of like, you know, we're like, man, I need something refreshing in my life, right? I need something, you know, isn't, isn't Sprite so good in the summertime, okay? I, I don't know about you, I love Sprite, it's hot, it's just, it's cool, it, it's, it's refreshing. And so, you know, we need a, we need a little, little Sprite in our life, you know? And then we're like, but you know what, I need to wake up, okay? I need to wake up in the morning, I need a little energy, I need something to put a little something into me so we pour a little bit of that in there but then we're like you know what I need some health okay I need some health in my life I need to get healthy okay this is no sugar okay I know you're all looking at Gatorade's full of sugar not this one okay all right all right so we pour a little pour a little health you know what I mean but then we get like midweek and we're like, I need a pick-me-up, right? I need, need something to, you know, pour some, you know, a little more hope and energy. Yeah, there's not a lot of hope in this thing, okay? <laughs> that is a sad, that is a sad pour, people, okay? And then we go out to eat and we're like, oh, who cares? Just fill me up, right? And then we just have whatever of life, you know? And we get what? Whitney? No? You sure? I thought you were real thirsty today, okay? What do we get? We get this weird mixture, right? See, this is what happens when we don't understand God's truth. And we don't know what God really wants for us, okay? Okay. We get this mixture in our life. And the mixture is this. We have some Jesus, right? I don't know if Diet Coke's Jesus. (laughs) But we we have, you know, we have a little, uh, we get a little bit of Jesus, right? And then we have a little bit of what? We have a little bit of Babylon, right? And we get what? We get these weird mixtures in our life. And what's interesting about this is that in Babylon, they worshiped other gods other than Jesus, okay? And let me just make this really clear. Any god outside of Jesus is made up and it is fake, okay? And so they're worshiping these other gods, and what are they making? They're really just making their own version of Jesus or God, right and this happens all the time in life. we make up our own version and what I call I love this this, this term the woke Jesus it's a woke Jesus it's a Jesus that fits My life, it's a Jesus that fits today. It's a Jesus that fits culture. It's a Jesus that doesn't offend. It's a Jesus that just, you know, is nice and kind to everything in this world. It just fits everything. And that's the Jesus we make up. It's a mixture. And here are God's people living in a land full of mixture Okay, and and they're exiles. And I thought about this. I thought, you know what? It, it's kind of like us. Like it's like we are exiles now. You know, like I, I grew up late '80s. Who who grew up in the late '80s, early '90s? Okay, I call it the Promised Land. Okay, <laughs> early '90s, midnight is the Promised Land. All right. And I, I and I know I'm going to sound super old and rigid when I say this, but I never saw 2022 like this. I just didn't. And I feel like we're like, we're, we're exiles in a land. And, and, and what I feel is like this, like me and Ryan Wonderly, we were talking about this, like everything's on fire. Like everything is on fire. It used to be like, back in the day, it'd be like, uh, one thing was on fire, you know what I mean? But now, like, everything is on fire. Like, you you can't find, you know, like, there's babies that can't have food. There's no formula on fire. And that's just, like, one thing, you know? Like, as soon as I woke up this morning, on my phone was like, India is refusing to send wheat around the world because they're stockpiling for themselves, this is going to cause another shortage. I was like, well, praise God. What a great way to wake up this morning, right? Everything's on fire. You know what's interesting about fires is this. Who loves a good bonfire, okay? okay. Now, listen, when I make bonfires, I'm not talking about wussy bonfires, okay? <laughs> I remember I had a youth event one time. I took 30 pallets of wood. I found every bit of tree I could find, and this flame was so big that somebody in in a neighborhood, by the way, I did this, okay, in a neighborhood, somebody called the fire department on me, okay? That's how big the flames were, okay? But how many of you know this, that a bonfire is cool until you get too close to it, and you stand next to it for a while, and then after a while, what happens? You're like, oh my gosh, this is just too hot. I got to back off. I I, got to get away from this. And see, this is what kind of happens when we live in, in, in Babylon. And that's what the world's like right now. Everything's on fire. Everything's crazy. We're uncertain about the future. And it's hot. And it's burning. And there's this sense in us, even in the church, of like, I just got to back off. I got to back off. I, this is just too hot. It's too crazy. The world's too much. Well, I want to ask the question today. When you back off from the fire and you move away, where are you moving to? Where are you moving to? Because I'm going to tell you something. You're either moving towards Jesus and his plans or you're moving towards your own little Babylon in your own mixture. You're either moving in one or two directions. There's no middle ground. See, Babylon is a place full of pride. Babylon is a place full of lust. Babylon is a place where we push away the Holy Spirit. We don't want the Holy Spirit's help. We don't want the voice of the Lord. We don't want to feel his nudge or his tug or his, you know, hey, think about this or hey, bless this person or hey, be faithful in church. We we don't want that. We want I'll just make my own mixture. And I feel like this is what's happening in the world. I feel like it's what's happening in the church globally. We're just making these mixtures and we're exiles and we don't really know where to go. But here's what I love, okay? Now we are gonna get to verse 11, okay? Jeremiah 29, verse 11. This is what God said. He said, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans that he has for you. That should be so encouraging to you today. That you go, God knows me. He knows who I am. He knows the season I'm in. He knows the world that I live in. He knows that I'm in exile right now, but I know that he knows that he has a plan for me. And the plans are what? He says this. They are plans for good and not Disaster. You should be quoting that every day, speaking that over your life. Thank you, God, that your plans are good. Even though I live in a world full of disaster, even though the world is burning down, I thank you that your plans for my life are good and they are solid and they're secure and I can trust them. Amen? Amen. To give you a future and a hope. And in those days, when you pray, I will listen. What a great word. Thank God that Jesus is listening to us right now. God, the Father is listening to you when you pray, when you call out, when you scream out to the Lord. He says this, if you'll look for me wholeheartedly, you'll find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. And I will end your what? Captivity and restore your fortunes. Amen, somebody, come on. I love that God had a good plan for his people in a season where they were exiles, okay? But there's, there's, a, there's a little condition in this part where it says this, if you'll search for me, what? Wholehearted. If you'll search for me wholehearted. If you'll search for my plan wholeheartedly. Not the mixture. Not the mixture. God goes, if you'll search for me and the plans that I have for your life. Because here's the deal. God has a detailed plan for every part of your life. Now, I'm just going to be really honest, okay? I grew up in super spiritual church growing up, okay? I mean, it would just be like McDonald's or Burger King, and we would have to have a fast about it and pray, you know what I mean? And I'd be like, it's just, it's just Burger King or McDonald's, okay? Let's just pick one, right? Okay so I was a little scarred in this idea that God had a detailed plan for every area of my life because I felt like in church growing up, like they were overboard about things, okay? Now, here's the deal. I believe that God gives wisdom. I also believe that God gives peace, and I believe that if you'll follow peace, amen, that you will be led in the direction that God has for your life. Okay, there there is a peace that comes in your heart. There are times where the Holy Spirit will just give you an uneasiness and you need to go, that's God. He's trying to protect me. He's trying to protect my family. He's trying to protect my kids right now. Okay, like I don't have a peace about my kids spending the night at this person's house. Can I get an amen? You know, I don't have a peace about this financial decision we're making. There are times where the Lord will give us that but I also believe this that God just really cares about every detail. He cares about it. And that He has a plan for it. He has a plan for rest in your life, He has a plan for real joy or purpose. Like, here's the question why are you alive? Why? What intrinsic value are you adding to the world right now? What is the purpose? Is a purpose just for pleasure? Is a purpose just to get whatever you can get? Is a purpose just for me and mine? Or is there a greater purpose of why you're alive? I believe there is a greater purpose for why you're alive. I believe you're alive for a divine reason. I believe that each and every single one of you in this church have divine callings on your life. And there are people that will go to heaven or hell based on the decisions you make in this life. God has a plan for your money. God has a plan for raising your kids. God has a plan for your marriage. God has a plan for your friendships. God's got a plan for it all. And so I just feel like God is leading me into just this space that we're going to just spend some time in over the next few months. Leading into this space going, God, if you have a plan, I want to know what that plan is for all these different areas of my life. Right? Because don't you want your relationship with Jesus to work on Wednesday afternoon? Yeah? Come on, that's good. I I don't want want to just be a church that is from Sunday to Sunday. That is a dry, empty, stale life. There's a greater life in Jesus beyond living from Sunday to Sunday. Okay? Okay. So I believe this, that even in this uncertain time, I know something that is not uncertain, and it is God's word. Okay? And and I'm telling you right now, there has to be a new value system for the Bible. Like a value system that you value God's word. That you, look, and and look, here's the deal. I'm going to be really clear and honest with you, Okay? I don't read the Bible for hours every day. I don't. I read probably a chapter a day. And sometimes it's not even a chapter. Okay? But I do have a value to get it in me every day. I do have a value to put it into my heart. I do have a value system where I go, okay, even if I read a half a chapter, I want this to be rolling around in my mind and my heart each day. I want, I want to, I want to know what God has to say about my life. I want to know what he has to say. Okay. Look, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, it says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So you can have Total confidence and security that no matter what season, even in this uncertain time in the world, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Meaning this, that if God blesses in one season, he'll bless in this season. Amen? Come on, listen, you gotta believe that. He will bless in every season. He'll take good care of you in every season. Isaiah chapter 40, verse eight, it says this, the grass withers, the flowers fade But the word of God stands, what, forever. The word of God is never going to fade. The word of God is never going to change. The word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So that's why when people challenge me on things like, I don't know if God heals in these days and these times. They go, well, that would be a contrast to who God is and his character because he said he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And so if he healed then, he'll heal now. Right? If he blessed then, he'll heal, he'll bless now. Okay? So when I read the Bible, when I read the New Testament, I see what God does in the New Testament, it gives me hope that if he did it for them, he'll do it for me. He'll do it for you. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And his words never change. God isn't a confused God. He's not a wishy-washy God. He's not a God that is dependent upon what's happening in culture or what's happening in the world. He doesn't care about those things. He lives outside of time and space. Amen? Amen. Come on, man, I'm preaching myself happy today. (laughs) So in this season, I believe it. I really feel it just deep in me. And me and Jess, we've been talking a lot about this. This idea that we are gonna dive into the Word of God and figure out how do we enjoy our lives? Amen? Do you wanna enjoy your life? I wanna enjoy my life. Let me show you this verse. 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10. It says this For scriptures say, If you want to enjoy your life, if you want to enjoy your life and see what? Many happy days. What was that show? Happy Days? Was that the show? Oh, man. The Fonz, all those guys. Man, it was a good show, man. This is how my brain works, okay? It says this. Keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. It says this, okay? If you want to enjoy your life. Now, I think most of you raised your hand. The rest of you that didn't, you are sad people, okay? We are praying for you. How many go, I want to enjoy my life. I want to enjoy it, okay? Okay? All right, I want to enjoy it. I remember, I remember one time I was reading John 10.10. It says where the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came to give you life and life to the full. And I remember this one time the Lord just kind of like tapped me on the shoulder and said, that means I want you to have life in every area of your life. Your job, your cars, your career, your kids. See, we always equate things to just spiritual things. And yes, God wants to fill you spiritually, but he also wants you to enjoy this life. God created this world so that we may enjoy it. He wants you to enjoy it. He wants you to experience many happy days. But I know this, I've had a lot of seasons and seasons sometimes can be weeks. Sometimes it can be months. Sometimes it can be years where I'm just pushing through life, and I don't enjoy my life. Amen? There are seasons I'm like, I'm just pushing through. I'm just waking up. I don't enjoy this life. I'm not enjoying these days. I, I have not seen happy days. Okay? And I can tell you this, that is not the goal of my life. And I don't believe that's the goal of the Lord's life for you either. And I've been thinking over the last few days, I want to enjoy my life. I want to enjoy what God's called me to do. I want to enjoy the purposes of my life. I want to enjoy my family. I want to enjoy my children. I want to enjoy, I want to see many, I love this line, it says this, many, many happy days in my life. I want to be happy. And so this is what the word says. If you want to enjoy it, he says this, then keep your tongue. Now, listen, you all know me. You all know that I I have struggled over the years sometimes with my tongue. Anybody else with me? Okay. right. I mean, like, I'm a talker, right? Okay. And uh, and, I you know, I really relate to Peter, because Peter was a talker, right? And Peter was passionate, right? I'm passionate. And when you're a talker and you're passionate, you can get into some passionate conversations sometimes. Okay, you can say some passionate things that you don't always mean. Right? And so, w- when I talk about what I'm about to talk about, I want you to know that I'm talking from a place that I'm continually working on. Okay? I'm, I'm growing in. Uh, I'm pushing to continually grow in these seasons and areas. But it says this, if you want to enjoy your life and see many happy days, then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies, okay? So what God is saying is this. If you want to experience happiness and joy in life and peace and grace, that means this. We're going to have to change the way we speak. We're going to have to change the way we talk, the way we speak over things, okay? And listen, I want to say this. I want to give you a gentle warning that in this season and time, don't be a parrot, okay? Don't be a parrot and repeat what everybody else is saying. Amen? Don't be a parrot and repeat what you heard on the news. Okay? Because remember, just like at the beginning when we talked about this, just because we feel something doesn't mean it's truth. Right? Just because we sense things doesn't mean it's truth. It might be truth for somebody else's life but it doesn't have to be truth for my life. Amen? Amen. Be careful. Okay? So this means this. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Because here's the deal. That's the only way you overcome. The only way you overcome is through God's grace and his ability. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the only way you change anything in your life. Is by his help. So, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we're gonna have to change the way we think. That means, or speak, it means this that we're gonna have to determine which direction our words are going. Okay? And a lot of times, our words are not going north, they're going what? They're going south. Meaning what? We speak negativity without even really understanding what we're speaking. Me and Michael were having a conversation last night, and um, he said, we were talking about a conversation that he had with somebody, and, and he said to me, he said, Dad, they really didn't mean it that way. I said, yes, they did, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So they really did mean it that way. And, and sometimes we get into this rut where we don't even understand because we're just speaking out negativity because there's just so much negativity in our heart. I had a friend recently. He uh, messaged me. He said, hey, I I saw a video uh, of your son Michael leading worship. And um, I was like, oh, thanks, man. That's super cool. And uh, we were just kind of going back and forth on it. And he said, hey, uh, can I ask you a question? I was like, yeah. He's like, how is, how is Michael so confident? And I was like, it's kind of like a U-turn in the conversation. I was like, what, what are you talking about? He's like, how is he so confident? He's like, my son is dealing with some insecurity in his life. And, I, and it was like one of those moments where like, you didn't know how to answer like, right away. You know? So I was like, oh, man, like, where does this come from? And and I wanted to help him, so I just you know was kind of asking the Lord, Lord, yeah, where 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 do I direct this? And the Lord said, it's all about the words you've spoken. It's all about the words you've spoken. See, this is a belief system in Jessica and I. Okay, we believe. We look. There's this verse in Proverbs that says that words are life and death. Life and death. Okay. Now, are we perfect in speaking life? No, I'm not perfect in that. Okay, But do I believe at the core of me, do I believe as real as the air that I breathe today, that words have life and death? Absolutely. And, and we made decisions when our boys were little all the way even now. Even now, when they're getting older, we made decisions, especially when they were little, we would speak words like this. We'd always say, you're a good boy. You're a good boy. Even in moments where they weren't good. good. Amen? I would say, you're a good boy. We would tell them all the time. I remember like rocking, you know, Ben or Michael or Luke, and I'd be like, you're a good boy. You're an obedient boy. You love Jesus. We would speak words like, we are proud of you, right? We would speak words like, we love you. We tell the boys all the time, like, I love you so much. Like, Michael will be hanging out with his friends, and I'll be on the phone and be like, I love you. And he'll be like, I remember, like, when he'd be, like, with all of his basketball friends, he'd be like, okay. I'll be like, nah, no, nah, we ain't doing that. Nah, man, you, you love dad, because I love you. We would tell them all the time, you can do anything in God. Anything. You're, you're capable of anything. we tell them all the time, you're a good listener. You're kind. You're happy. You know? we. I remember, uh, I remember uh, Ben. Ben was just squirrely. Anybody have a squirrely kid? You know what I mean? Just... Just squirrely, just get into things like all the time. I remember one time we couldn't find him for a while, and he was in our garage and he came in and he had found a mullet hat and some like goofy teeth, you know what I mean? He was just rocking it out. We were like, all right, you know? And and sometimes he would get into like some like bad moods, and we'd always just say, no, no, you're happy. You're happy, you're joyful. And so I started thinking about that. And and the Lord reminded me of this. He goes, what what do you have today? I thought, well, we have good boys. We have obedient boys. We have kind boys. We have confident boys. We have boys that love Jesus. So I was like, oh, so you have what you speak. Amen? You have what you speak. Well, you're speaking out over your life. Well, you're speaking out over your marriage. You know, I, I, this was probably uh, maybe like four weeks ago. I, I just had gotten into a rut where I was like, I'm so tired. I'm exhausted. And just one day, we were in a car, and I, I hate when she does this. I mean, I hate when she does this. Okay. But she said to me, she said, "You're not tired, and you're not exhausted." I was like be quiet. You know what I mean? Like she said, you, stop saying that. Stop speaking that. Listen, words that powerful are powerful. And you know what? I learned this from my mom. Okay. I learned this from my mom and I didn't learn it from my mom in the way you think I learned it from my mom. See, when I say I learned it from your mom, you're like, oh, that's so sweet. You learned this from your mom. No, my mom was the most negative person I've ever met in my life. I promise you. The world was always falling, the world was always ending. There was always something terrible going on. I remember this is the kind of words that she would say all the time to me. She would always go, I I don't have enough. I don't have enough. I I don't believe this is ever going to get better. Or she would say, I'm I'm tired. Or I don't don't have any help. Because my mom was a single mom, and I understand that. But she would declare all the time, I don't have any help. Dad left. I don't have any help. Okay? She would always say, you know, this is what the news said. This is what the news is saying. You know? For some reason, she was a religious watcher of the news, you know? She would say, I just can't do it. I don't have enough. There's not enough work. It was always negative. And I learned from my mom because I promise you and I love my mom and she's with Jesus now and I'm so happy for her and really am. Dang it. But I watched my mom and she didn't have happy days. And she didn't enjoy her life. Her words didn't partner with what God said. There's something powerful. See, this is why the enemy doesn't want you to know the Bible. He doesn't want you to know what God says. He doesn't want you to know what God says about your life. He doesn't want you to know what God says about your children. He doesn't want you to know his promises. So he will do anything to distract you. Anything. Because in real life, I need to know what God says. Because I got to speak it out. So a couple weeks ago, I was just looking in the mirror, you know. I'm thinking, it's summertime coming. And uh, I'm going to have to wear a bathing suit. (laughs) Amen. Amen for that. But I thought, hmm, I don't like what I'm seeing right now. (laughs) Anybody know what I'm talking about? So I decided like I'm gonna start getting in shape and so start like working out and 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 moving my body, kinda get an amen for moving your body, for for walking, for moving your body. And um, I hadn't been to basketball in a while. I go up to Xenia. Zenia, I don't know if you know where that is. I go up to Xenia on Wednesday nights and play basketball with this group of guys. And I was, you know, kind of dreading it because I'm like kind of out of shape and I know it's going to be tough and I'm like, I'm going to push on. And so I get up there and, you know, and uh, the first game, the first game, man, I came down on somebody's foot and I just turned my ankle like so hard, you know? And I got to tell you, I didn't say any four leather words and I was so proud of myself. I just so proud of myself and um and i had been thinking about this whole words things for a few weeks and um and as i was leaving one of the guys was like we'll see you in a month or two right so what did he just speak death And something in me, the Holy Spirit, just said, don't accept that. Don't receive that. Don't take that. That's not for you. That's not what I've said. And so, you know, like, as I was walking out the, out of the gym, as soon as that guy said that, I said, Lord, I thank you. And I'm like limping, and it hurts, and it burns. And everything is telling me something different. But I started speaking life, and I started going, God, I thank you that you're my healer. And I thank you that my left ankle is full of life. I thank you in the name of Jesus that my left ankle is, is strong. It is secure. I thank you, God, that there's going to be no swelling. There's going to be no bruising. I thank you, God, that you're my healer and my source. And I have a 45-minute ride home. And the whole way, it's just throbbing and hurting and burning. And for 45 minutes, I just kept going, Lord, I thank you, Jesus, you're my healer. I thank you, God, you're my strength. And you go, maybe, look, this is what it looks like in everyday life. Okay? Went to bed. And and what do we all think? What's going to be the next morning? It's just going to be swollen and tight, right? And I'm going to limp around all day. Man, I woke up the next morning. There wasn't an ounce of swelling. There wasn't an ounce of bruising. Come on. Look, look. hey, that might not be a big deal to you, but it was a big deal to me. It was one of those moments that the Lord was reminding me, hey, watch what you say. Watch what your words agree with. I promise you I've had better, happier days because my ankle isn't full of water and and swelling. Amen? Right? Watch what you say. Partner with me. So I want to do something this morning. We're going to put up Psalms 23 on the screen. And I want to show you how we can partner with the Lord. So, so verse one says this, the Lord is my shepherd, right? So right there I can go, Lord, I thank you that you are my shepherd. Amen. Amen. I thank you, God, that you're the one who leads me. Why don't you do this? I want you to stand up with me, okay? I want you to stand up, okay? And we're going to do this together, Okay. I want you to say, yeah, the Lord, he's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. Come on, say that out. Say, Lord, Lord, I thank you that you're my shepherd. What does that mean? A shepherd is one who leads you to good places. Amen. So I would take the word of God and I say, God, I thank you that you're my shepherd. And as my shepherd, I thank you that you're leading me into good days. You're leading me into blessings. Look, there is something about aligning your words with what the Word of God says. You are prophesying over your future. You're speaking to your future that you haven't walked in yet, but you're saying, I believe in the name of Jesus, by the words that I speak, that there is life and death, and I'm going to speak life into my future. I'm going to speak hope into my future. So I thank you, Lord, that you're my shepherd, and it says this, I have all that I need. I have all that I need. Listen, I promise you, I don't care how much gas is. I don't. Why? I have all that I need. I have all that I need. I will always have all that I need. Because the Lord is my shepherd and he will provide. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is my provider. He is my source. The world is not my source. The Lord is my source and I have all that I need because he's my shepherd. Amen? Amen. Verse 2. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. So I thank you, Jesus, that my life is full of rest my life is full of goodness. My life is full of peace. I thank you, Lord, that even, even when I'm at work, even in stressful moments, Lord, I thank you that you're my rest. You're my peace. You're my strength. I thank you that you'll calm my spirit. You'll calm my mind down. You'll bring peace to my body when there is no peace. See? There is power in what you speak. Because here's the deal. I believe that. I believe that you can have peace even in stressful moments. I believe that you can have rest even in moments where your coworkers are insane. Amen? Do you? Come on. Do you? Verse three He renews my strength. Thank you, Jesus, that every single day, every morning, I wake up to new strength. I wake up to new grace. I wake up to fresh mercy. I wake up in the joy of the Lord, because you are my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. So I thank you, Lord. I thank you, God, that you're going to direct my steps. I thank you, God, that you're going to lead me as I lead my children. You're going to lead me as I lead my family. You're going to lead me to make the right decisions, full of your wisdom, full of your thoughts. Verse 4, even though I walk through the darkest valleys, says I won't be afraid. Even though I walk in a dark time right now, it's okay. The Lord is the light of my life. I'm not going to live in fear. The Bible declares, he hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of a sound mind. I'm not a child of fear. I'm a child of God. I declare in the name of Jesus. You're close beside me. Your rod, your staff protects me and comforts me. Lord, I thank you. I don't have to be comforted by Netflix. I thank you, God. I don't have to be comforted by the pleasures of this world. I thank you, God. I don't have to be comforted by somebody else's opinion of me. You're my comfort. You're my grace. You're my strength. It says this. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil, my cup, overflows with blessing. Come on, say it. So I'm blessed to be a blessing. I am blessed to be a blessing. My family's blessed. My life is blessed. My job is blessed. My income is blessed. My children are blessed. I am blessed. I am highly favored. Verse 6, surely goodness on love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. See, there is something powerful When you change your verbiage, you change your words, what you start speaking over your children, what you start speaking over your husband. Listen, wives, speak over your husband. My husband is a man of God. My husband is full of integrity. My husband is faithful. My husband is a man that is after the heart of the Lord, just like David's was. Amen? Men, start saying, I I love my wife. My wife is not a nag. Amen? Amen. My wife is full of joy. My wife is full of peace. My wife, even when I come home and she's been taking care of the kids all day, she's going to be full of joy. She's going to be full of life. She's going to be full of grace. My wife is full of grace. Amen? Listen, you got to speak even when you don't feel it or you don't sense it, you don't see it, because God made a promise to you. What is the promise? When you change your words and you stop speaking evil, you stop speaking death. He goes, my promise is this. In these days, when you speak life, you're going to enjoy your life and see many good days when you align your words with heaven. Amen? Come on, close your eyes with me. Come on, I want you to just start speaking into negative situations in your life right now. Come on, speak into them. Say, I thank you, God, I don't have pain. I thank you, Jesus, and my business is blessed. I thank you that you're opening up a door where there's been no door. I thank you, God, that you're, you're bringing joy to my children. I thank you in the name of Jesus, my children are being full of obedience and grace. God, I, you gotta speak, speak into things that have been negative Speak into areas that, hey, you haven't seen God's grace. God, I thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that we're going to see your grace. We're going to see your blessing. We're going to see your goodness. We're going to see your hand move. I just speak over marriages right now in Jesus' name. I rebuke the spirit of death off of marriages in Jesus' name, and I release life. I release life. I just feel like there's been like a spirit of fear and depression just put on the earth. Come on, if that's you, just say I renounce depression off my life. I renounce fear off of my life. I renounce anxiety off of my life. I renounce these things. I no longer will partner with these things. I won't partner with death. I won't partner with anxiety. I won't partner with fear. I won't partner with depression anymore. Come on, say, I thank you, Lord, that I have the joy of the Lord. I have the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. My cup overflows with blessing. I am blessed. I am highly favored. I am loved by Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is my grace. He is my strength. He is my refuge. He is my hope. He is my joy.